This episode is brought to you by Bumble. So you want to find someone you're compatible with, specifically someone who's ready for a serious connection, totally open to having kids in the future, is a tall rock climbing Libra, and loves rom-coms with vegan pizzas on Tuesdays just as much as you do. Bumble knows that you know exactly what's right for you. So whatever it is you're looking for, Bumble's features can help you find it. Date now on Bumble. Well, everyone, welcome back to another episode of Welcome to Mars. I have the greatest guest today, and I am so excited to be doing this interview because I have been waiting absolutely weeks for this one, and I really hope you guys like this episode this week. Today on Welcome to Mars, we are going to be sitting down with Chris Lippincott, who is an international psychic medium, and he is the best-selling author of the book, Spirits Beside Us, which is a book that helps gain healing and comfort from loved ones in the afterlife. Now, I found Chris when my father had passed away, and I went over to Amazon in search of something that could help me better understand afterlife and death and spirits and this was the first book that came up and it had a five-star review so I started reading the book and instantly was falling in love with what I was reading because it was really helping me heal so I flipped the book around and found Chris's information and I reached out to him and asked him to be a guest on the podcast so today I am going to be welcoming Chris to the podcast and I am so excited so here we go Chris welcome to welcome to Mars how are you so glad to be here (laughs) I am doing good how are you I'm doing fantastic. Thanks. Great. Well, I did my little introduction here before we hit the record button, but tell us a little bit about yourself. (laughs) A little bit about myself. Uh, Well, I'm an international uh, psychic medium and best-selling author. And one of the things that uh, I do is help people reconnect with their loved ones uh, in the non-physical, i.e. the afterlife. And it's really a reunion of souls, if you will. It's a reunion. It's like a family reunion where people who have not been able to connect with each other for some time finally are able to speak to each other yet again. And it's that heartwarming reunion, that heartfelt reconnection that really itself brings so much healing and spirit when it comes through they're the ones that are ultimately bringing this beautiful love this transformational love and healing and that's what i love doing is bringing through that transformation from when the person arrives they're in a a slump to the time they leave they're in this beautiful wonderful feeling so that it's just a it's a great it's an honor to do It's so amazing. And when I found your book, I was instantly just wanting to speak to you. So I am so happy that you were here today. And this is the interview I've been so excited for for a couple of weeks now. So thank you so much for joining me today. Well, thanks again. Um, So let's kick it into gear here. So when did you first become aware of spirit? Great question. Um, 
Probably the first time I was actually aware of it was when I was a child. I didn't really know what it was, but I knew something was happening. Uh, and I'll give some examples. Mm -hmm. When I was young, uh, I was basically playing with what I thought were imaginary playmates. You know, every kid's got an imaginary playmate or a whole series of them. <laughs> uh, and, you know, I was talking to everything under the sun. Literally, I was talking to imaginary playdates, uh, animals, trees, anything that was alive. I could just feel the energy, talk to the energy. The trees were not talking. That's a whole other story. But uh, <laughs> I was talking to my imaginary playmates, and I thought, okay, this is great. You know, an only child wants to have imaginary play playmates, right? And the mm -hmm. problem is I didn't realize, and of course, hindsight's twenty twenty. I should have realized that something different was going on when these imaginary playmates could talk back to me and we had full conversations. Um, didn't really dawn on me that that was anything unusual. Um, and sometimes I'd be in my bedroom at night. Uh, you know, we lived in the rural countryside and I would feel sometimes a, a soft, gentle hand on my back you know, when I'm trying to get to sleep. And of course, I didn't have any siblings. My parents were at the other end of the house. Uh, and so I was uh, just absolutely mortified, just terrified because I was thinking, okay, here come the monsters. They're finally here. They're going to drag me underneath the bed, right? <laughs> you know, I'm, like, right. I'm like, I'm terrified. I'm pulling the sheets over my head going, go away, go away. Uh, or sometimes I'd hear voices in the middle of my room. Again, totally terrified. Go away, go away. Mm -hmm. uh, or other times I'd feel these uh, these energetic blankets like wrap around me and I couldn't understand what this energy was. Sometimes I'd feel it in my bed. Sometimes I'd feel it, you know, running through the, the big old living room with the scary pictures on the walls. Uh, and I would think, oh, my gosh, again, they're coming after me. Um, and, you know, for years I thought I was just this uh, person with a uh, – so by the time I you know, became an adult and was you know, still feeling all these energies, uh, I thought it was just a man who was uh, more, you know, mortified and scared of the dark because I had tried to suppress all these things. I told him to go away mm -hmm. uh, and then you know, for, suppress it for a bunch of decades. And by the time I became an adult, uh, I went into finance. And I thought, okay, well, this is going to be my life. So I became a very logical, materialistic, uh, agnostic person. I was like, oh, just, not, not, none of this uh, stuff is possible. You know? And so I'm in finance, totally stressed out. And I said to myself, I got to find a way to chill out. I got to find a way to calm down. So eventually I stumbled upon meditation. I was like, oh, okay, I can, I can grapple with that concept. That's a mind thing. That makes sense. Uh, and so I would meditate. Uh, every morning for about 10 minutes. Mm -hmm. Very simple. And I did this without realizing what the ultimate effects would be. But I did it for, you know, for about a year, 10 minutes every single day in the morning uh, before I went to work. Uh, and at the end of that 12-month period, uh, I'm sitting in my man cave on a weekend. <laughs> every guy's got to have his uh, man cave, right? Of course. <laughs> and um, on a Saturday morning, I'm there doing a rather long meditation and I got really, really deep, uh, really, really down into it. It was like really zoning out. Uh, and next thing I know, um, there are like these four spirit people in my mind's eye that appear, two on my left, two on my right. 
Uh, one of the guys on my right-hand side, probably the tallest, biggest one, um, just shot a beam of energy straight through my chest out my back, which I could feel tangibly, which told me, I, okay, I know I'm not asleep. I know this is not a dream. I know I'm, this is the real deal. I'm like, what is going on? Um, and suddenly I felt like I was getting kind of transported to this otherworldly place, outer space kind of, you know, whatever. And I'm in this area that made me feel like I was everywhere and nowhere at the same time. And I was just completely connected to everything. And I felt like this thread of love was throughout everything. And that beam of energy was part of it. It was this huge, massive feeling of love that the word love just doesn't even begin to describe everything because it was it was total and complete acceptance uh, i was accepted as being perfect which of course i couldn't accept <laughs> i'm like wait a second i'm only human how can i possibly be perfect <laughs> um and as i'm feeling this whole experience of being everywhere nowhere and being perfect and being totally accepted uh it, it just was uh astounding and eventually i came out of it had to sit there 15 minutes and and, and process <laughs> what's happening. Mm-hmm. Eventually, I ran over and wrote it all down. And not soon thereafter, I started to have all those same experiences that I had as a child, where all of a sudden, I'm hearing voices. I'm sensing other people are all around me again. I'm feeling those energetic blankets all around me. I'm, I'm, I'm connecting with all these other people that I can't see with my physical eyes, but I can see with my mental eyes. And I could hear things. I could become aware of things. And I sense that were, there were people all around me. I would have these vivid, vivid dreams of my family members coming back uh, and speaking with me. Uh, wow. you know, in, in full technicolor, full on conversation with dreams that I totally remember to this day. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can't do that with a normal dream. Uh, and so that, that kind of went on for a while until eventually I realized this is something bigger than me. I got to find out what's happening here. And then I learned all about it. I started investigating it. Um, and of course, during that 20 year period, um, I was basically doing lots of uh, reading about, uh, you know, the spirit world and the paranormal and the afterlife because I had this fascination with it for some reason. Turns Mm -hmm. out that obviously spirit was dropping little breadcrumbs in front of me, leading me by the nose, going right down the rabbit hole. I didn't even know what they were doing. So spirit had a very different agenda than I did. So it turned a uh, an agnostic, rational, materialistic person to a spiritualist. Right. Wow. Like that is just, I find that so amazing to me. And ever since we had our first conversation, I just have been so intrigued by you and everything that you do now for people who don't really understand, like, what would you say, like, what is spirit and like, how would you define it? Yeah, well, that's a great question. Um, one of the most important things that we have to learn, and again, this kind of goes back to my uh, desire to find an answer to everything that was happening. Uh, I started doing a lot of research uh, as, you know, what what's happening to me and, and, and who are these beings that are coming to me? And so I started myself doing my own reading, going down the rabbit hole, and I found out that uh, as I started studying quantum physics, we started to see that 
everything in existence, according to quantum physics, 99.99999% is empty space. And that empty space is nothing but energy. And we are all energy. Mm-hmm. And as a result, we're all energy at different vibration rates. And when we who are composed of energy, the body eventually transpires and uh, is no longer usable, the energy that's composed of ourselves has to go somewhere. As Einstein showed us back in 1905, that uh, energy can neither be created nor destroyed, it can only change form. And we know that the energy has to go somewhere, and that energy just has to change vibration state. So when the spirit that's already uh, trapped, if you will, in the physical state, think of it like an ice cube, uh, finally gets released, and the vibration rate speeds up to the point where it uh, has an osmosis into the highest vibration state there is, Uh, in the non-physical, it becomes a non-physical entity. It transforms, you know, immediately from the the, the physical state into the non-physical state. It's same thing. It's just at a different vibration rate. So spirit is, you know, if you want to think about it as your, your, your mind, your thought, your consciousness, spirit is our consciousness. So when we think of ourselves, for example, when we're children, we can think back to our memories, those memories, that, that, that conscious awareness is the same me, quote unquote, as we think of today. It's still the same me as it will be when we're 105, mm-hmm. whether regardless of what age we are, it's the same me, it's the same person, it's the same reality, it's the same consciousness. It's always aware, always awake, always existing. And just the fact that we happen to have a body has no bearing on it whatsoever. Right. Um, Now, I know briefly I had mentioned something about this little white butterfly that I keep seeing and how it keeps like reminding me of my dad. Now, this is going to kind of tie me into a question here. Like, how do we know a spirit is truly like around us? Because for me, like I obviously... I've every time I go for a walk now, this little white butterfly follows me. So I'm just like convinced that my dad is keeping his eye on me. But is there certain ways that we could tell that a spirit is really like around us or if they, you know, are wanting to even maybe communicate with us? Yeah, that's a good question. First off, we know that spirit is always around us. Spirit's always basically sharing our, our, our same space, as it were. It's not like spirit is off in the universe in the far distant hinterland somewhere. Because again, it's we're all the, the, the same energy. And it's just at a different vibration rate. So they're slightly, you know, they're, it's, they're several feet away than where we think we are. It's like our planes, if you mm-hmm. will, are slightly different. Um, but as far as do we know if a particular spirit is nearby, we'll get a sensation, we'll get a feeling, uh, we'll have a sudden or certain knowingness uh, to clear cognizance or clear sentience, you could feel it, uh, and, and just become aware that that is not supposed to be happening. That's not normal. And too often we start to think, oh, that's just my imagination. That's just my thought process, right? But if we start to have a whole series of uh, synchronicities, and there is no such thing as coincidences, it's all a series of uh, you know synchronicities that get established, a series of events that continue to happen 
for no known reason, there has to be an explanation for it. And there have been many scientific experiments that have shown that it, a, uh, any animal, especially, uh, you know, bees and uh, uh, birds and uh, anything that flies, they've done experiments with, can be controlled electronically. Uh, and either electronically they can control the brain to allow the bird to change, or in the case of spirit, the spirit can actually have a conversation with uh, the other animal, explain the situation, say, can I borrow uh your body for that period of time right and as a result yes what we wind up happening is that these birds will wind up doing these uh very unusual thing there is a perfect example of a of a bird landing on somebody's windowsill for example constantly pecking at that person's window non-stop and the person's like who are you? And it's like this red cardinal, you know, classic, everybody says, oh, the red cardinal. But this red cardinal was constantly pecking at the person's windowsill. Wait, red cardinals don't do this. <laughs> right. That's funny. You mentioned the red cardinal because when my dad was, you know, in his final days, he said to my mom, I'm going to come back as a crow. <laughs> I'm coming back <laughs> as a crow. Don't you worry. <laughs> Yep, there you go. Well, if uh, you know, everybody's everybody's got their favorite animal, I suppose. Right. <laughs> now, um, how do you communicate with spirit? Yeah, that's a, that's also a good question. What happens for me, and perhaps for many mediums, uh, is a a situation where it becomes very much like spirit charades. I'll feel their energy. I'll, 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 I'll feel tingling. Very similar to, for example, when I was in that, uh, having those childhood experiences. I'll feel their presence. I'll feel the energy around me. I'll know that they're here. Uh, and as I'm communicating with them, I'll, it, it's very much like a daydream. I'll kind of go into an altered state where I'm not really paying attention at all to the present. Uh, I, I kind of get into this very daydreamy state, this altered state, and I start becoming aware of images, videos, sounds, feelings, emotions, personality traits, character traits, uh, names, uh, memories, uh, flashes of things that the spirit person is aware of now. Sometimes I'll see remote viewing of a place where they used to live. They'll show me like a 360 degree view as if I'm in a camera and they're just kind of panning around the room, which is really kind of cool. Um, and I'll just see all this information. Sometimes it can be just uh, an inexplicable knowingness, like like a like a data download. They'll they'll drop information into my head, and all of a sudden I know something, and I don't know why I know it, but I just suddenly am aware of X, Y, or Z, and I just start giving all this information that I'm receiving, whether it's the images or the sounds or the names or the mm -hmm. knowingness, and I'm just giving all this information to the recipient. And I'm saying, this is what I'm getting. Does that make sense to you? Do you understand it? And what we start to do is we start to uh, paint back into, you know, 3D, as it were, this uh, spirit communicator who's coming back and saying, here's who I am. Remember me? And more often than not, the person's like, absolutely, because they're giving unique 
evidence. They're giving unique pieces of information, unique uh, likes and dislikes and personality traits and special memories and things that they used to talk about and things that they used to say to each other that only they knew uh, or uh, special gifts that one of them gave the other. Uh, classic one is like sometimes you'll get like a like a necklace uh, with like a little pendant uh, on the bottom of the necklace, and there's an engraving with somebody's initials on it, and they show me the the initials, and I say, okay, I've got this pendant, I've got this uh, heart shaped. Uh, you know, thing, and on, I flip it around on the back. They're showing me on the back of it. It's got the the initials, you know, CBL, and wow. the person's like, "Oh my gosh, yes!" Oh, you know. So it's like they'll they'll show me these things, and they'll say, "Okay, this is who I am. These are the special items that I want to make the person aware of." Mm-hmm. So it's that, all that kind of evidence. That's incredible. That's actually kind of more so going to lead me up to my next question. Um, like when you are connecting with people who have crossed over, like what spirit like, like, I would love to know, like if I'm in your shoes and you make that contact, like what happens? Okay. Um, it's a, it's, it's a great, uh, feeling of love and energy. One of the most incredible things that happens is I'll feel a very strong when, when it's a great, uh, connection and some connections are much stronger than others, of course. But when it's a great connection, I'll feel the energy, I'll feel like I'm stepping into their shoes, I'll feel like I'm wearing their raincoat, I'll feel like I'm them. Uh, sometimes they will overshadow me, so they will control my hands or they'll my fingers or my face, or they'll make me do certain gestures. Sometimes uh, I've, uh, I've, I've actually, some people have said I've, I've literally changed my, the tone of my voice and I sound like them, which has freaked them out and me. Wow. Uh, <laughs> uh, sometimes I've gone into trance. Uh, it doesn't happen all the time, but sometimes I'll go into trance and I'll start speaking from the first person. Um, and Ooh, yeah. that, and that's when, and that's when the energy starts to really flow. Uh, and if the and, and all the time, every single time I connect with a person, their personality is 100% exactly the same as when they were in the physical. Because remember, they're still alive. Their personalities have not changed. They are still 100% alive, still there, still kicking. Um, it's just they're in a different state. Think of them as being on a different continent. They just don't happen to have the landline to make a connection to us. So they need a special courier to do that third party exchange, if you will. And that's kind of the, that's kind of the way I look at it. And and sometimes they'll, they'll, like I was saying, they're, they're, they would overshadow me and, 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 you know, make me do things. I'll, I'll see that my, say, for example, uh, I'll, I'll be sitting and I'll be talking and doing things and I'll notice. Uh, you know, 30 seconds into something, I'll notice that my fingers are starting to move and, and and play. And I'm looking at my hands and my fingers. I'm like, why are my fingers moving like that? And it, I have to think for a while. I go, wait a second. This makes me feel like I'm playing the piano. Why do I feel like I'm playing the piano? And I say, would it make sense to you that that uh, your loved one uh, used to love to play the piano? And they say, oh, my gosh, yes. Uh, you know, so it's it's that, it, you know, remember earlier I was talking about how they can uh, you know, uh, control birds and things. So they're doing the same thing with me. They'll, they're just controlling different parts of my body. That is honestly, like, incredible. Hi, I'm Steve Yurko. And I'm Tara Sands. 
Now available from Maji Media is our new podcast, Four Kids Flashback. Four Kids is the company who brought you the English dub of Pokemon in the late 90s and so many other shows like Yu-Gi-Oh!, Shaman King, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Kirby, the infamous One Piece dub, and so many more. We'll be talking to the people who worked at Four Kids. Actors, directors, writers, editors, producers, engineers, you get the point. And hopefully get the answers to questions both you and I have about the company. I actually worked there as a voice actor on some of the shows. And I was a kid watching the shows and remember way more than Tara does. And thank God for that. Steve is actually a professional storyboard artist, which gives some really unique insights into anime and animation. Subscribe today wherever you get your podcasts. That's the number four kids flashback. Another question I have about that actually is, I'm sure a lot of people probably would want to know this. What are some of the most common messages that spirit wants to let their loved ones here on earth know? Oh yeah, totally. That's, that's a, that's a common one. Um, some of the most common messages that come through are certainly, uh, first and foremost, a message of love. They always want to express their message of love, their uh, message how much they, they love the recipient, uh, and trying to get that concept across. Uh, also, the fact that they're uh, still watching over uh, us, the fact that they're still care and they still care about us and they're still with us and they still are involved in our lives. And the way they do that is not only they share the message, but they're also showing different scenes of the present. And sometimes uh, I'll get images, uh, say, for example, of a garage door uh being up and somebody's car being halfway in the garage with a flat tire and i'll describe the scene to these people and they're like oh my god i just got a flat tire and i couldn't get all the way into the garage yesterday i'm like well i guess your loved one saw that or maybe that or maybe they got a flat tire yesterday and they're saying well you just got a flat tire yesterday and they're like oh my gosh yes or you just recently got a new car oh my gosh yeah so spirit shows us all these different types of uh scenes that they're aware of because they want to get through and they want to say i'm still with you and here is the proof i'm going to show you that i am still with you and so they'll they'll, they'll do that and they also if they uh, sometimes if uh, they were not around enough uh, or they didn't say I love you enough when they were in the physical or something that they regret, they'll oftentimes try to you know bring through an apology like I'm sorry I wasn't there for you or I'm sorry I didn't say I love you enough or I'm sorry for X, Y, or Z. Uh, Sometimes they'll seek forgiveness. Sometimes they'll say, please forgive me for not being around as much as I should have. Or please forgive me for hurting all these people. Um, I didn't mean to upset everybody and, and, and you know, make everybody upset. You know, I uh, didn't mean to. I'm sorry about that. Or other times they'll come through and they'll say, um, I have a regret that I didn't live my life to the fullest. Mm-hmm. That's, a, that's a big one. That's a, that, that often comes through. It's that regret. And that's kind of comes full circle where they try to say, I want you to live your life to the fullest. Don't make my mistake. Right. I've got hindsight now. I can now tell you 
you got to go live your life at the fullest. And that kind of goes back to love. And more often than not, the recipient who is still in grief, understandably, the person in the non-physical comes back to say, listen, live your life to the fullest. You've got nothing to mourn about. I am still alive. I'm still by your side. It's just that you can't see me. I want you to be happy. And in fact, there was one case um, I may actually short circuit your one of your next questions. <laughs> there, was, <laughs> there was there was one case I can remember where there was this young woman who uh, had a boyfriend, uh, and she came you know she she came to me in just absolute you know totally upset, uh, and her boyfriend sure enough comes through and you know she's absolutely. Um, crying with joy that he's coming through and every single piece of information that he's uh, giving us is, a, is spot on. He's doing a great job of communicating. Um, and all of a sudden, at the towards the end of the reading, he gets down on his knee and he opens this box. And sure enough, inside the box is a ring. Oh, my God. And he hands the box to her. And I'm hearing in my mind going, will you marry me? And apparently they had been talking about it just before he died. Wow. I just got yeah. goosebumps. <laughs> <laughs> I know. When that happened, I was like, oh, my God, are you serious? This can't be real. <laughs> this oh. is out of a movie. Wow. Like, I, my jaw is on the floor right now. Like, I can't even imagine. Yeah. Like, holy... Um, that's actually, it's, it's going to tie me more so into the next kind of question that we're kind of actually in the midst of talking about. Now, I know in your book, you did mention that our loved ones, and like we have just been talking about, that the spirits still see us and they interact with us. Can you explain that more so? Like, for me personally, I think that, like, obviously, I keep bringing up this white butterfly thing, but like, our spirits just walking around like are they like i know i don't know this might sound crazy but like i know how they say there's like bad spirits and good spirits but like i don't know can you explain that do you know what i mean yeah totally yeah <laughs> you're you're yeah you're you're asking what do, what, what do spirits do when they're hanging out up uh, up up there in, in the spirit world right yeah absolutely <laughs> well um it's a it's a great question and it's kind of like the twenty four thousand dollar question that everybody asks it's like you know what were what they sitting around just kind of like you know playing hearts and yeah uh, eating, like is my dad eating. on my patio sitting there right now like just chilling <laughs> like <laughs> yeah it's like uh, out in uh, margaritaville just uh with yeah. a drink right <laughs> he's having a beer yeah, yeah exactly. absolutely <laughs> Um, well, one of the things that they're always doing is that they're always learning. They're always growing because when they arrive uh, in uh, the spirit world, one of the first things they do is they're greeted by sort of a greeting committee to kind of let them know, A, what's happened, where they are, what's going on, because more often than not, they're, they're a little bit surprised. They're like, I'm not quite recognizing this. I think I know what's going on. And so the spirit committee, the greeting committee comes by, uh, tells them, and more often than not, the person just kind of arrives, and then they, they're meeting their family and friends, and eventually they kind of settle in. Um, and as they're uh, settling in and they're becoming more used to what is sort of like the routine of the spirit world, as it were, 
they start to learn to do things that make a difference. They're trying to uh, help others because they start to realize that all the people that helped them as they sort of progressed forward step by step by step along uh, their path on the spirit world, they start to feel, wow, I really felt uh, pretty awesome when that person helped me for example, when they greeted me, I want to learn how to do that. Or mm. let's say the person, uh, for some reason, had a traumatic passing and maybe they were just kind of resting, not asleep, resting uh, briefly in a rest home being taken care of by uh, people who were just kind of watching over them and kind of, you know, soothing them and, you know, uh, allowing them uh, to recuperate. Um, they turn around and say, wow, those people are so special. I want to do that too. That's really amazing. Sometimes what they wind up doing is also they have this thirst for knowledge. They uh, may want to go on a path of knowledge, and there are several different paths. One of the paths is knowledge. You can follow uh, all the way up uh, to the highest level and just keep on uh, trying to learn more and more and more. It's a very uh, humanistic um, approach where they learn so many new uh, pieces of information, and oftentimes that knowledge gets passed down to us. Right. So that's one thing. Another uh, train of uh, another path that they may follow is uh, a path of love. And they realize there's so much that they want to give to so many people. And they are becoming very, um, you know, godly, if you will, uh, for lack of a better phrase. They, they, they want to become very spiritual and, and, and follow, you know, God's love and, 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 you know, the great spirit's love. And they, and they become just enamored by this, this, this concept of overpowering, overshadowing love that they're just, they never had experienced before. And they're saying, wow, this is absolutely amazing. I, I have to know more about this. I have to feel more about this. I have to learn more about this. And so they follow that path. Uh, a third path they may follow could be uh, just what I refer to as the uh, the golden rule uh, path, where it's just they begin to learn more and more about how they can help their fellow man. How is it that they can help others? What is it that they can do to be a person who is of service? And so those are the sort of like the three broad categories, if you will, that uh, people in the spirit world really try to follow. Mm -hmm. um, no, I, I guess that's kind of the way I would uh, look at it in sort of like a broad term. Now, are those considered the sp like spirit guides? No, the, I mean the spirit guides would actually be part of the uh, the, the, the the service, the, the golden rule, the, the the helping out of mankind, if you will, because spirits uh, spirit guides are people who have a already walked on the earth, they've already lived many lives on the earth, they've already had many life experiences, but, and B, they've also uh, evolved uh, to such a high degree that they are uh, high in their uh, spirit planes, so there's a great evolution of their spirit, wonderful spirit growth, and C, they are specifically trained for their roles they're specifically trained to be spirit guides to come back and guide specific people 
throughout all their lives. It's so when a spirit guide starts to work with us, they've been working with us through multiple lifetimes. It's not just any one particular life. It's multiple lifetimes. Right. Now, does everyone have a spirit guide or um, mm -hmm. and like, if so, like, do we will we know them? Everybody has a spirit guide that they work through uh, with every uh, lifetime. Uh, we'll have one main guide. And of course, we'll have a whole series of other guides that uh, come in as needed. Some people say there are a, a band of 10 guides that we each have in addition, you know, I should say including that main guide. And then you've got a whole series of outer guides that are kind of like subcontractors, if you were, you know, they, they come in when we ask for them. They, uh, they come in when, and then they leave after their job's done. Uh, let's say, for example, you're trying to... Uh, really find that special house for lack of a better phrase maybe they might come in and help you find that house or maybe there's maybe you're trying to find uh that 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 special person in your life and maybe they might come through and they might try to help you connect I maybe mean, it's a relationship guide or something mm -hmm. that could be the subcontractor guide but for the most part everybody's got at least the main guide that's going to be directing them and the purpose of being a guide is to help uh, the person in the physical help that person stay on their soul path because we each come to the physical with a soul plan to learn specific lessons by having specific experiences here in the physical and the guide is designed to literally guide us down our path to keep us on our path because before we came down we were saying, okay, these are the experiences I want to learn. This is the path I want to learn. Can you make sure that I you know, stay on the path? And the guide said, sure, I'll, I'll help you. If that's really where you want to go, I'll, I'll you know, that's, that's our agreement. Um, and if we stray from that path, the guide will kind of try to nudge us gently back on the path. Now, a guide cannot tell us what to do. A guide cannot force us what to do. A guide can only gently hint and give us subtle clues because mm -hmm. we have we have free will, so they can't interfere. Interesting. Very interesting. Now, um, does every person who transitions out of their body go to the spirit world? Um, like if they don't, where do they go? And this kind of actually reminds me of, I'm not sure I'm going to bring in a silly little side story here, but it kind of reminds me of Beetlejuice when they go, when they, when they go to the other side, essentially, and they open up this curtain and it's called the, this, the lost souls. So does <laughs> everyone go to the spirit world? Like, I'm just so intrigued by this. Yeah, everybody, and also, it, it, again, it goes back to, if you want to look at it from physics, it goes to our energy state. And our energy state, our vibration state is uh, what we create based upon our beliefs, our experiences, mm -hmm. uh, our uh, state of mind, our state of being before we transition. So we literally are creating our future existence right now. 
That's why, you know, you a lot of religions will say you should be acting in these certain ways so that when you get to the spirit world, you will receive your quote unquote reward or your your punishment or whatever the religion wants to call it. Every religion is a little bit different, but the concepts in general are kind of on point because we're creating our future existence because of our vibrations and our thoughts in the here and now. So, for example, if we're a person who is growing spiritually and we're uh, trying to just generally be nice to other people and we're just trying to be, you know, kind of helpful and, you know, we're just, you know, trying to be a little bit positive, then we're in general trying to, you know, we're actually creating fairly positive vibes. Mm -hmm. So our vibrations are actually pretty good. So generally, those are the kind of people who are going to... uh, be due to the fact that like attracts like that vibration rate is going to attract them to a vibration rate in the spirit world that meets the exactly the same vibration rate so you're going to be at that level that let's say for example it's level three right mm-hmm. it's going to be on the third plane um, most people kind of arrive around you know the, uh, the third or the fourth plane in that ballpark and those people who are just uh, incredibly um, highly spiritual, highly humanitarian, let's think of uh, uh, who is it, Muhammad Gandhi or you know, any, any of the, the, the great people who we might consider saints. Maybe yeah. they're going to the fifth level. Maybe they're going to the sixth level. I don't know. Conversely, of course, those people who are really negative, those people who just don't like anybody and they're yeah. negative about anything and they're the kind of people who just like say, I don't want to partake in anything and I don't believe in any of this baloney and I think you're all a bunch of hogwash and yada, yada, yada. Those are the kind of people that are going to, when they finally transition over and they're met by uh, the, you know, the, uh, the committee, the, the, their, their little greeting committee. Mm-hmm. And they say, Oh, by the way, you've transitioned. You are now dead. The person says, I am not because <laughs> I don't believe in death. I, you know, I become, right. a war- I, I become you know, food for the worms. It's not possible for me to in the afterlife. That stuff doesn't believe, you know, doesn't exist. And they're like, yes, it does. And so they get into this conundrum of where their rationality, uh, forces their vibration to remain at such a low state they can't move on they can't move forward they can't move into the quote-unquote light you've probably heard that phrase a lot yes i move into the light um but it it, it's literally it's the light is that the higher vibration so they're still at uh that level where they are caught between this earth plane the material and the 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 lighter planes uh, where there's a higher vibration and they're caught in between because they're not allowing themselves to get there. If they just finally say, oh, all right, yeah, this, I, I get it. I, I, I accept it. <laughs> Presto, their vibrations have changed. And, you know, scientifically, the vibrations would attract them to the higher uh, planes. Mm-hmm. And of course, once you're in that uh, space, if you're at a point where you're so li- low vibration, uh, and you feel, let's say, for example, you've done some really horrible things. Let's say you know, you've, done, you've done atrocities or whatever. Uh-huh. You, may, you, may, you may get to a point where once it's your time to transition and you transition over uh, and uh, you get this greeting committee and it's at a point where you start to realize, 
wow, because you've had your life review, which we can talk about later. They've had their uh, life review and they like going, oh my gosh, I really uh, <laughs> did some horrible things. I'm not worthy. I suck. I feel like garbage. I'm not worthy. I can't. I, how could I possibly go up there? No, no, no. So what they wind up doing is they wind up pulling back literally and yes. they can start keep keeping themselves to the point where their vibrations are so low that the lower vibrations wind up attracting them and they're with other people who are just like them so they when people say they're in a you know quote unquote hell it's really a, a, a quote unquote hell that they're making themselves because they feel so bad it's not like they are there's a pitchfork guy with a pitchfork <laughs> and, and and liquid fire coming at them no <laughs> Right, right. That's fascinating. I always wondered about that, actually. So I'm really happy that you touched base on that. Um, I kind of actually have a question more so in like regards to almost that. Now, there's something that I haven't really shared with a lot of people in regards to when I lost my father, that I was actually there spending those last weeking, like those last moments with him. Um, now, he... I was literally there for when he passed and I'm just more so curious, like, did my dad, like, did he know I was there because obviously he was in the stages of, you know, passing and like, could he hear me? Could he, did he know I was there? Would like, do you think he yeah, knew that? Yeah. yeah. The, um, what happens is that the, 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 the conscious mind, uh, may not, uh, hear what's happening, but the spirit hears what's happening. Uh, so every single time that kind of question comes up is that, uh, the, for example, in a reading, a, a, a spirit comes in and says, yes, I remember that you were there. I know that you were there. I, I could feel your hand. Sometimes uh, I'll, I'll get a feeling uh, that spirit, again, is doing that uh, thing with my hand where I start to feel my hand, mm -hmm. my left hand begin to squeeze as if I'm squeezing somebody's hand. I'm like, why do I see myself um, sitting in a chair across from somebody in a hospital bed um, and I feel uh, like my hand is getting squeezed and I start describing the whole scene and it then plays out that the uh, person who was unconscious at the time was feeling the sitter squeezing the spirit's hands feeling their 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 loved one's hand so yes the uh person who is passing is very aware their spirit is very aware of what's going on they 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 know the person sitting next to them they know the person is talking to them they know what they said uh they know they're, they're squeezing their hand they can hear everything that's being said they're perfectly aware and they come back in the readings every single time and they tell us I remember this scene and, I, and they paint it out in pictures or mm. in words or in feelings. And you know, they do a very good job of that. I just got goosebumps again. Cause now I'm thinking back on that and now I'm just really thinking that's, that's very fascinating. And I'm, you know, I, I've said it before on my last couple of episodes, like I am very thankful that I was able to spend those last few moments with my dad. Cause not a lot of people get to do that. Right. Yeah, right. Um, I want to touch on base on a couple more things. I promise I won't waste too much of your time. <laughs> no, no, I love, I, I love talking. This is great. 
Um, I want to talk about reincarnation just a little bit. Um, like, what is it? Do like I know there's so many people that are on the fence, like they don't believe it, but like, what is it? Do you? Sure. Let's get into it. <laughs> okay, let's 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 go down this rabbit hole. Uh, <laughs> Another one. <laughs> Another one, exactly. Um, reincarnation is nothing but a spirit coming back. Uh, into the physical to learn more lessons. Because if you remember, uh, the whole concept of a spirit coming to the physical is to learn a whole series of lessons by experiencing a different series of experiences in their life. So Mm -hmm. say, for example, the example I always use is a five-year-old. You can tell a five-year-old 20 times, do not touch that hot stove or else you will be burned. (laughs) Does the five-year-old ever listen to us? Of course not. (laughs) So what does a five-year-old do? Five-year-old has to put their hand on the stove to experience the pain, and they will never, ever do it again. Why? Because they have A, experienced it, and B, they have learned. Once they have experienced it, they've learned very well, and they will never do it again. Mm -hmm. That's what we as spirits coming into the physical world, we want to learn the lessons. And the best way to learn the lessons is by experiencing the issues, by experiencing the very thing that's going to teach us what we need to know, like that five-year-old who's experiencing the pain. So, for example, question uh, often comes up, why would God make me suffer so badly? It's not God. It's us. We're the ones who put ourselves on the path for whatever it is, pain or suffering or anger or frustration, so that we can learn from it. We are in the school, we're in the earth school, we're here to learn on the earth school. So reincarnation is nothing but coming back second grade, third grade, fourth grade, fifth grade, sixth grade, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. We'll come back 400, 500 times to learn different lessons because we got so many lessons to learn. Mm-hmm. That's what reincarnation is. And in fact, there's, it's uh, recently come out that apparently there is a waiting list of people trying to come back into the physical. They're, they literally have to be pre-qualified to pass this demanding life that we are living right now, because in the spirit life, it's really easy but it's incredibly difficult. And so people have to be screened. Spirits literally have to be screened. They literally have to be pre-qualified to make sure that they can withstand this life that we are now living and experiencing. I mean, can you imagine uh, having been a person, you know, a a person who is just kind of like living the life and experiencing wonderful things and just kind of going, oh yeah, let me see what it's like down in the earth. Whoa, holy cow, I can't, I can't deal with this. <laughs> Especially lately. Yeah, right? Interesting. That's, I'm just like, everything you say, I'm just like, I'm just learning and I'm loving and I like, I love talking to you because this is something that I just have been so interested in for a while now. And I, I find that fascinating as well. Cause I never really understood what reincarnation was. I just thought maybe, you know what I pass away. I want to come back as a dolphin. Like that's what I used to think it was. <laughs> yeah, totally. It's like, Hey, why not? You know, you can go swim with the fishes girl. <laughs> exactly. Um, I'm going to finish this out with a question that kind of hits home a little bit for me. Um, now 
I've been focusing a lot on this, obviously, over the last couple of weeks. But what is spiritual growth and why is it important? Because this is um, something I'm focusing on right now. And I would love to hear why you think it's important. And I think it's something that's going to help me down the road. That's a great question. Um, We all need to uh, achieve spiritual growth. And that's one of the main uh, focuses that I've got is to really try to raise the spiritual awareness and consciousness of the world. I mean, I'm just trying to you know, focus on 80 million people if I can get there. That's 1% of the globe. But um, even that's going to be a massive, uh, you know, (laughs) uphill battle. But that's another story for another day. (laughs) Spiritual growth is so important just not only for our own understanding of who we are in the here and the now, but we also have to realize, if you remember, we're all spirits having a human uh, experience if there's a fam- uh, you know I think it was a uh, Wayne Dyer that was uh, saying we're all spiritual beings having a human experience not human beings having a spiritual experience mm-hmm. so that is like one of the fundamental precepts to realize that we're spirit inside and that spirit is where the spiritual growth happens. We can grow right now. And the more spiritual growth we have now, the faster our soul grows because it's the spirit is really part of the soul. So the soul is sort of like the, 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 the big overarching uh, container, if you will. Um, and as we allow our spirit to grow, to expand, to learn, then we are accelerating the spiritual growth that much faster so that we can achieve higher levels of attainment when we're in the spirit world so that we can get to that sixth plane, the seventh plane, the celestial planes, etc., because it's always a desire to keep on expanding uh, spiritually, even in, in the, uh, the spirit world. There's always a desire to get higher and higher and higher. There's always a desire for spiritual growth. And it's a lot easier to grow spiritually while we're in the physical because we're having all these really difficult experiences, these difficult lessons. It's more difficult to grow spiritually in the spirit world because it's not as tough. It's not as difficult. It's not as challenging. I think you'd have to agree. Mm-hmm. So that's why it's uh, important to allow ourselves as spirit incarnate to allow ourselves to grow and to become uh, that much more aware of the fact that we're really trying to attain higher levels, um, become closer to the great spirit, become uh, a, a greater part of ourselves and to really attain that which is our ultimate destiny, which is to eventually merge with universal energy, universal mm-hmm. one source. That's awesome. And I think that I hope that everyone that tunes into this episode kind of more so wants to find that spiritual growth within them. And that's obviously something that I'm working on right now. And I love this conversation that we have had today. And it really kind of like makes me intrigued more and I want to do more research. And I think it's great what you do. And I think it's something that is such a cool gift. Is that the correct word? 
I, I feel the way people I, say that. Yeah, they they say that to me. It's more like a privilege. It's okay. more like an, it's more like an honor because I didn't go searching for it. They picked me. Right. Right. Well, I think that is so awesome. And again, for the millionth time, I love talking to you. And I'm so <laughs> happy you took some time out to jump on this episode with me. Now, for those that don't um, know you, like, where can we find you? Do you have social media? I do. Um, oh. It's all over the place. Um, <laughs> you, can, you, can, you can find me on social. You can find me on the web. My, uh, my website is www.montclairmedium.com. That's M-O-N-T-C-L-A-I-R medium.com. Uh, or you can find me on Facebook with the same name, Montclair Medium. Uh, or you can find me on Twitter, same name, Montclair Medium. Or you can find me on Instagram, Montclair Medium. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for joining. Welcome to Mars, Chris. And I am sure I am going to talk to you again. And (laughs) I, um, (laughs) again, thank you. I can't say thank you enough. (laughs) Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And I'm so happy and uh, thrilled. I could just kind of uh, share my little tidbits of knowledge to try to help others uh, search for their own knowledge. Absolutely. Well, Chris, we will uh, chat again soon, I am sure. And um, I hope you have a lovely evening. And I hope you do too. And I hope everybody out there has a wonderful evening as well. Thank you so much, Chris. God, Chris is such a great guy. And his book that I found on Amazon has helped me so much. And I know I mentioned that in the beginning, and I couldn't be more thankful to have found his book because given everything I have been going through for the last couple of weeks, it has helped me come to a different perspective on afterlife and spirits and everything. And I know a lot of people, I feel like this could be or is a controversial topic because a lot of people think when you die, you're done. That's it. You're in the grave. No one, your body just decomposes and that's it. And you know what? I'm not going to lie for a long time. I used to think that. Now, given how I've been feeling over the last couple of weeks and reading this book, my perspective has changed in such a drastic way. And for his book, I'm so thankful. And I feel like I'm getting a little emotional right now. But again, I know I have said this a million trillion times. Chris Lippincott, he's great. Best-selling author for Spirits Beside Us. I'm telling you right now, if you are going through something similar, I highly suggest getting his book it is on amazon it's like 23 dollars and please i'm telling you right now it helps so head over to amazon check him out on twitter facebook check out his website and if you are going through things that i am going through i'm telling you it helps now before i end off this episode I want to say thank you so much, of course, to my lovely sponsor, One Condoms. Now, I know I, you probably think I say the same thing about these condoms every time, but these ultra thin ones 
are no joke. I gave a few free samples to my friends and the rave reviews were sensational. Now, if you're from Canada, they are available at participating shoppers drug marts and they have them if not you can always just reach out to me i have a huge 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 selection of these condoms whether you want thin studded glow in the dark whatever you want i got it i got you a gift bag you want something come to me i have it for you now to my friends that are in the united states of america the stores are endless for one condoms they are at every participating drug mart grocer you name it, One Condoms is covered in that spot. CVS, Walmart, Walgreens, Hannaford, Wise, Weg- <laughs> Wegmans, Cardinal, Big Wide, Lucky's, Raley's, Save Mart, you name it, they have it. Check them out and then send me a review. I want to hear about the great sex you guys are having because I clearly am not. <laughs> this will bring us to the conclusion of Holy Shit, Episode 7 of Welcome to Mars. And this episode i really want to hear your feedback for those of you who are non-believers on afterlife if you don't believe in spirits please send me an email send me a dm tweet to me i have twitter welcome to mars on twitter fucking tweet me beep me send me a pigeon courier tell your mailman to stop by my house i'm here i'm waiting for your reviews and it's only going up from here like i say the next few episodes are going to be so great you guys i have another good guest coming on in two weeks the next episode will be a solo one and i can't wait and i love you guys i just want to say i love you and all of my faithful and true fans and followers i love you and i can't stress it enough as per usual The Welcome to Mars podcast is powered by Blue Microphones, which is the number one leading microphone in the world right now. And I will see you guys. If you didn't see my latest um, tweet, Instagram, we are releasing on Thursdays. So I will see you guys next fucking Thursday. everywhere the imagination dares it's for the open-minded the pleasure seeker it's jeff woods with the new podcast about relationships and sexuality theme-based with special guests blue hotel hotline and every episode climaxes with an adult bedtime story get a room and listen in at the blue hotel begins Friday, September 23rd. Do, did, will, the Story of People podcast is now available on the Cryer Media Network. The first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories. Ready? 
Tara Sloan from the San Jose Sharks, Undercurrent Podcast at NBC Sports. Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice and the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holowaty from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Crier Media Network.